hamburger steak. Wednesday, my favorite, fried chicken. Thursday, it's the chicken fried steak. And on Friday, chicken and dumplings. Salad and a drink, all that for just 10 bucks. That's at Portico on Tower Drive in Monroe. This hour of the Sports Company is brought to you by Dax Wings and Grill with 15 awesome appetizers from fried gator bites to fried pickles on the corner of Old Minden Road and Benton Road in Bossier City on Forsyth and Monroe and 1935 Southern Loop in Shreveport, which has 65 beers on tap. Listen, I might not agree with Stonehenge, but man, great call because he yeah. lit up. Yeah, pa- I like line. passion. No, he was passionate. So he's Love passionate. It. He knows he's a knowledgeable guy. Uh, let's hit you with the whip round brought to you by Tenori's Wine Cellar for the latest in craft beer, premium liquor, and wine. Go see the folks at Tenori's, 801 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. We really don't have a lot of time because we got a call. So, hey, Chris, you're the whip around today brought to you by Tenori's. What's up, pal? How's it going, Sean? Good. I had the call after the last call because I'll say, I will definitely say that it, I'll agree with you and say it is a, it's a whole lot of factors, obviously. You can throw the offensive line. Heck, you can say Ed Orgeron for giving the for giving the having the guts, intestinal fortitude, whatever you want to call it, to make changes like he did. You can give a lot of credit to Joe Burrow, but I'll I'll be I'll say I've watched LSU for over thirty years, and I'll tell you I, what Joe Brady to me has brought to this to this team is formations and routes that we didn't run before. We never ran bunch formations where you see those three receivers bunched to one side by the line of scrimmage, and whenever they all take off, they're all going in a whole bunch of different directions. And then two on the other side, and they're going in different directions, doing the crossing routes across the field. I've watched LSU for 30 years, and I watched them anybody that saw them play last year and saw them play this year, I can tell you right now, Insmere, I love him to death. He was calling the plays last year, and we didn't run those plays. I can tell you that right now. Look, let me re- let me read from you from what it, what Steve Ensminger said about Joe Brady. This is his words: "I have no ego when it comes to working with Brady, 29, who replaced the retired Jerry Sullivan as LSU's passing coordinator after spending two years as an offensive assistant with the Saints. The addition of Brady was necessary," Orgeron said. "A move." finally ended the offensive evolution into the spread offense he's wanted during his four-year tenure. This is Ensminger saying he recognized we need help with the passing game. He said, we brought him here to help us with the passing game. He said, I told Joe that, look, take it over, you present it, we'll discuss it, and I think if it fits, it goes. So I do think there's a lot of, like, Steve Ensminger certainly – Certainly plays a part into it. Certainly uh, plays a part into Joe it. And I think he may be a filter right? for Joe Brady. He might be. Joe sure. Brady might be having all these off-the-wall concoctions and is like, hey, dude, I don't know necessarily if this works. So it is a combination together. I think they both deserve a pay raise. And I do think oh, that yeah. maybe Antsminger might be a filter for, I think, what could be a genius in Joe Brady. Well, I also think that uh... – that, I mean, if you listen to the broadcast last week, the, well, the local CBS announcers, they've even said, or actually it was ESPN announcers last week actually said that Ensminger calls first and second down and Brady calls third down plays. So he does call a play for the third down 
for the third down. Well, good stuff, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening. All right, my man. Good stuff today. Great calls, great texts, Kevo. Love Tell about Thursday real Hey, quick. Thursday, three to close. We're going to have beer specials and all that good stuff, one-year anniversary special. But yours truly, Mr. Mr. Fox, uh, San Puff, myself, will be announced in a live remote. Uh, we encourage Stonehenge and others to come up there, and let's debate this stuff that's fun to debate and do. And this is your chance to, to make history and sit with us two gumballs. Uh, but, yeah, come right. out. Three to six is the remote. We don't close till 9 or 10 that night, so come on. Carter, appreciate you stopping by, brother. Anytime. Anything comedy-wise coming up? Uh, not right now, but go to at Carter the Power on all social medias, and you can find me eating pig brain and talking Ooh. about chat sports. Yeah. Nice. A tailgater asked me to eat some pig brain. I did it. Check it out. And, of course, the incomparable John Tabor. We'll be back tomorrow another edition of The Company. See you then. This has been The Sports Company with Sean Fox, presented by Bud Light. Come back every weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. for more Sports Company on Sports Talk 977. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. It's time for the First National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech Sports News. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside tech football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 97.7 is also brought to you by O'Neill Gas. Brister's Smokehouse, Acme Glass, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, and Ideal Portable Buildings. Text us on the Fairway Carts text line at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. Let's go, BC. Elaine Davis and John Tabor's running the board. It's Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7. We're your home for all things Louisiana Tech Athletics. For the next 90 minutes, certainly want to thank you for joining us tonight. You heard it right. Lane Davison, y- y- you're back. Your Let's third go. show of the year. I'm back. Be- you know, by, the, by week, Beck's on a buy again. Hey, into the season, Beck. The regular season Yeah, ended, he's done. And he's done. He's checked out. But, hey, I'm happy to be here, BC. A- absolutely. Of course, Louisiana Tech wraps up the regular season portion of their schedule Saturday evening with a 41-27 victory. Over UTSA, we're going to break that game down. Uh, of course, uh, coming up at 7 p.m., uh, we'll have Eric Conkle, head coach of the Dunkin' Dogs, join us. Uh, Dunkin' Dogs off to a solid 5-2 and two start after a 78-57 win over Samford Saturday night. Uh, the game was actually after the football game. And then uh, Lady Texters have also been in action here lately. Uh, knockoff UALR last night, 43-38. So good win for Brooks Stornhoe program on the road uh, as they moved to four and two overall. But you know, Lane, you know we came, you know we didn't have a show last week. Obviously, it was Thanksgiving week. Uh, certainly hope that all of you had a, a great Thanksgiving out there. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Uh, now that we're back on the air on the Fairway Carts Hotline, uh, it's eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. I'd like to thank our sponsors, First National Bank, Fairway Carts, Walpole Tire, Dairy Queen, Ideal Portable Buildings, Acme Glass, Brister Smokehouse, 
and O'Neill Gas. So just rewinding back a couple of weeks. I know we had a podcast out last week, but kind of just to you know catch up on everything. Uh, Louisiana Tech falls on the road two weeks ago at UAB, uh, twenty to fourteen. They lose all control of their fate uh, when it comes to winning the West Division and playing for a conference championship. And that fast forwards to Saturday, Lane. And you know, before we went on the air, we talked about you know it's not always fun uh, to come home when you know we expected this Tech team you know three four weeks ago uh, to certainly be playing for a conference championship. But here we are. It's a nine and three season. That's a, it's a quality season. It's not bad. It's not a bad season. It, it's actually still a good season. Oh yeah, I think you know definitely it's one that would be acceptable if you told us that week one. Yeah, but exactly. The way it went down was I think so that, yeah. deflating that it just tastes so bitter right now. It and, I, so bitter. and I think that's the that's the thing that's so difficult to get over. And and you and I were watching the game together on Saturday, and you know you got. You know, obviously, you're scoreboard watching, and, totally. and that was going to happen. It, it was a really odd day overall. You know, kickoff supposed to be at two thirty. Yeah, big delay. Game doesn't start till five. I believe the UAB North Texas game was like mid third quarter by the time Tech kicked off, probably. Yeah. And so we're watching that game. You you see UAB clinches that game twenty six twenty one over North Texas and. Well, let, let me let me give you the sound of the the air going out of Joe I A Stadium. Well, there wasn't much air to be there, honestly. No, well, <laughs> that's true. It was a misty night. It ended up being actually a beautiful night. Yeah, it was for a football, nice weather. Once. But uh, you know, with the holidays and with the weather, uh, there wasn't a lot of air to begin with. But uh, when that UAB score went final, Man. Uh, it sucked all the life out of it. And we and I was down on the field, and you know, Tech led. I believe it was twenty four seventeen at the half, and so you see. You know, twenty four seventeen, the dogs are going in, and you can almost tell that they knew. Oh, they knew. You, you can kind of feel knew. like they were a little bit deflated. And, and you know, we'll get into breaking it down. We got a call on the Fairway Carts hotline. Oh, good friend, bye week back, bye week back. What you got for us tonight, buddy? Right, BC, I appreciate uh, the bye week shout out. Actually, doing a little work tonight, coming back from Alexandria. But oh, really? I did want to comment on what Overtime you're what back. you were talking about. Two hands on the wheel. Two hands on the wheel. Okay, got it. Um, So, you know, we were standing in the end zone when the players went in at half, and you would have thought they were down 60. Uh, The look of defeat on their face, I don't know if they knew about – by that time the games were kind of settled with, uh, uh, you know, UAB and and Southern Miss. And and so that was a little, you know, disheartening. And then with the weather and then the fans, it has been a long time since there's been that lack of energy in in the stadium. I mean – that's a good point. That too, I'm glad, I know. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it wasn't a great crowd, and I don't think we expected it to be a great no. crowd. But there was no life in the stadium. Like no, no, even half the band was there. Yeah, not we didn't have a full band. Like I said, it was a really odd night. It was. It was yeah, it was just a perfect storm of Thanksgiving break of the situation. Um, you know, they didn't do senior day activities, so we didn't even get to you know thank the seniors. Um, all in all, a weird atmosphere, but I think it was just a dark cloud of, of the loss of the conference championship hanging above the whole time. But, you know, sad sad way to end the season in the Joe. But, you know, like y'all said earlier, this is just a disappointment all the way around. I mean, I know you're excited. We get to go to another bowl. We'll probably win it. <laughs> You'll be pumped for the entire offseason. So. Like, I got to tell you something. You know, speaking of bowl games, it is a sixth straight bowl appearance for the Dogs. Are, are you planning on going to the game this year? Man, I bought tickets in every city within a six-hour radius. Hotel, booked it, 
everything just in preparation for the love bowl game. It. So, yes, I will be going. Love it. So glad that you'll be in attendance. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. Lane, do, do me justice over there. I got you. Bro. I will see you. But see you. And going back to the game, you know, we're going to break down the, the full game in the next segment. And, you know, leading into the game, obviously, Jamar Smith had missed the previous two weeks. And there was a lot of discussion, you know, whether you – a member of Bleed Take Blue, whether you're just talking to your friends or, you know, whoever you're talking to is, you know, what what kind of reception will Jamar get? Obviously, the limelight's on him being the starting quarterback, having not played the two biggest games of the season. And he came out and he played a really, really good well, football. Really yeah, well. I, I would say, you know, probably one of the top two or three games he played in his entire career, you know, going for 331 yards through the air, four total touchdowns. But I, I don't know. I, I, and – I say I don't know, like, that's kind of the feeling I had after the game. Like, I just really did not know. Like, I didn't know what to say. There was such a – there were so many different emotions, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, I was thinking, like, yes, like like you said, prior to the season, like, sure. Like, I would love a 9-3 nine, nine and three season. But you start 8-1, and one, you finish 9-3, and three, you miss out on a conference championship berth. It's just – Due to off the field issues, like almost things that you can't make up. Yeah, and, and like we use the the term "tech's going to tech," and you know, usually <laughs> generally that means you're going to lose to a bad team that you might not should drop a game to. But and and we talked we talked about it on Bleed Tech Blue Radio and on on BleedTechBlue.com, which if you're not a member, you should be all year about how tech had these moments to to tech it up this year against Grand And they got over the hump. Against Rice, and and they didn't do it. And then they found this really unique, weird way to do it again. And And it's just so disappointing. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, you talk about the weird way, and, like, you watch that team on Saturday, okay? And I think we'll be the first to admit, like, it wasn't the cleanest football game. It wasn't the most enjoyable football game to watch, but – you look up, you got 41 points on the scoreboard. You got 500 yards of total offense. It was never a doubt who was going to win that yeah, game. Yeah, and it's like, we had a pretty good football team. Like, like this was a dang good football team, and I think that's the most disappointing part of it. Totally. Is that you, the, the history books won't remember what could have been the best team Tex ever had. Exactly. They won't remember them in the, in the right light, and that's really frustrating and anger-inducing. For a lot of fans, I think now just the overwhelming emotion is kind of like what we're talking about. Just straight apathy is, I don't know what to say. I don't know if I can get excited about a bowl game is what a lot of our fans are probably thinking out there. Because I, I just feel betrayed. And I think it's a realistic feeling. You know, and yeah. like, you know, Jamar spoke with the media for the first time following the game. I don't know if you heard. Um, but, you know, they talked to him about some of the things that you felt over your two-week suspension before coming back and playing, and obviously he played well. And he he talked about, you know, I, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about myself mentally. Uh, it helped me become stronger as a man. But I, I thought it was pretty telling. He, he said, although I got a punishment that I didn't necessarily deserve. And if you have any insight to, you know, what might have happened, and we're not going to get into all the details, but – I thought that was pretty telling. I, I didn't hear him say it, and it was it didn't come off in a manner of like being kind of a tool and and trying to get a point across. It was just like I thought I should have been out on the field, but then today, like you make a mistake off the field, whether the punishment's too harsh or not, you pay the repercussions. Should he? I think this is a lot of a, a lot of 
questions surrounding fans right now. Should he have issued some sort of apology? That's a good question. Is he allowed to under the, under the team rules or NCAA rules to talk about? And that, that's, that's another – I would say he would be allowed to. I mean, I would assume it would be up to him. Now, they might have said, hey, Jamar, like, let, let's keep this, you know, in the background. Let's keep it within the locker room. Sure. But at the same time, like, like we've talked about to many different fans, like, come out, say something. Say, say I messed up. Say, say I'll learn from it. Say I let my teammates, I let the fans, I let my university down. But at the end of the day – and you had a really good piece about this on Monday following the game, is it, it is what it is. Like, th- there's no fixing it anymore. No. Like, like we're not going back three weeks and, like, hey, Marshall, we're coming back. Like, like we're, we're going to try to take you down. Like, it's over with. Like, it's a nine and three year. We're not going to take it to court like the Saints tried to do after the NFC oh, championship whoa. game last year. Oh, Lane taking a shot right, at that the, was that was my Saints shot. Well, that, that's all right. That's a, that's a Steelers fan at heart. So give him some credit. Of course, yeah, I mentioned Jamar Smith, three hundred thirty-one yards, four total touchdowns, earned himself the Conference USA Player of the Week. Uh, looking around, some former Bulldogs in the NFL. Uh, Jeff Driscoll had a nice short two to three week. Would he get three starts for the Lions? I believe uh, ends up injuring his hamstring, goes on IR. Uh, certainly unfortunate for him, but he was getting better every week. Yeah, he was looking good, and I think he's going to carve out himself a nice career uh, in the NFL as a reliable backup. I agree. If not with the Lions, because David Blau did look pretty good on Thanksgiving too, but he did play at Purdue. If not though. with the Lions, someone else. Absolutely, Jordan Mills, uh, former Bulldog offensive tackle, has been activated off of IR for the Cardinals. Ryan Allen, former Bulldog punter, has been cut by the Falcons. I believe the Falcons punter Bosner. Something like that. I don't know. Something. Uh, got healthy, and so Allen's time in Atlanta is done. Uh, Xavier Woods had four tackles for the Cowboys in a loss to the Bills on Thanksgiving. Vernon Butler had three tackles, one tackle for loss for the Panthers in a loss to the Redskins. Actually, Panthers, Ron Rivera. Gone. Lost Sacked. his job. We'll see you. One of the longer, longest tenured coaches in the league, I believe. And with the, with the good w- winning percentage yeah. with Carolina. Took them to a Super Bowl. I think they've got a new owner the last couple of years. So, What have you done for me lately, yeah. league? I was looking at some Vegas odds, and the, the number one odds to get that job is Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to Carolina. Tremont Williams, four tackles, had an interception. I believe that's his 34th career interception for the Packers in a win over the Giants. And then Jalen Ferguson uh, continues to play a key role on, I, I guess you would say, the Super Bowl favorites, Baltimore Ravens, uh, as they picked up another win on Sunday, tight win over the 49ers, which um, good for Jalen, carving uh, out a role. And I, I don't want to digress too much here, but but the other Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, got to be one of the most underappreciated coaches in the NFL over the last decade oh, with, or two. Without a doubt, and just doing a tremendous job at you know adapting his offense to Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram in that run game, and then Hollywood Brown. I know you're a big fan of the Brown family. Uh, yeah, huge. Yeah, huge. huge fan of the Brown family. Real quick, before we get to our first time out, some bowl projections. Of course, Louisiana Tech will go bowling for a sixth consecutive year. Uh, you look at some of the projections from v- various media outlets. CBS Sports has Tech playing in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl December 23rd against Cincinnati. College Football News has Tech in the New Orleans Bowl against ULL. Bleacher Report in the Independence Bowl on the 26th against North Carolina. 
ESPN has the Bulldogs pegged for the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth against Wyoming. Do not want to see Tech play Wyoming. Independence Bowl, Mark Schlebach of ESPN uh, against Miami. Wouldn't mind facing off with Manny Diaz and Blake Baker. Not at all. Certainly have plenty of storylines. No doubt. Sporting News has the Bulldogs squaring off in the New Orleans Bowl with Georgia State and then Stadium. You know, the well-renowned stadium that the Bulldogs get to play on a couple of times a year has Tech in the New Orleans Bowl against Appalachian State. Let's go ahead and jump right back to the Fairway Carts Hotline. Joined by Chase. Chase, what's happening tonight? Oh, not much. Uh, just cooking some dinner. How are y'all doing? Oh, pretty good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, um, I, I was wanting to uh, kind of recap my thoughts on the regular season. Let's hear it. So, so going into this season, I thought worst-case scenario, if, if just we had several games that we dropped that we probably shouldn't have, I was thinking worst-case scenario, 6-6. Six and six. And I, I felt like 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four was pretty likely with 9-3 and three as the ceiling. Well, lo and behold, we, we hit 9-3. and three. But what kills me is when we were sitting at 8-1, and one, uh, before we heard the news of what happened, I'm thinking, man, this this team might completely The ceiling blow was a little higher. Out of the water. Yeah. Right. I, I was like, man, we might go 10-2 and two or 11-1 and one in the regular season and then go to a championship game. And if we win that, we're, we're looking at 11-2 and two or 12-1. Or, uh, and, one. and And then a bowl game? It's just it's crazy what what might have been, um, and so it, it's just it really like y'all said earlier it really took took the breath out of you and uh, just takes a lot of wind out of your sails when when you think about what could have been. And think, but that said that said nine and three you know at the beginning of this year I would have been thrilled to to go nine and three. Well, and I think that's the best way to describe you know how this season's going to be looked back on. It's you know what could have been. Right, it's really it's it's disheartening in a lot of ways, but but still, when you when you really think about it, nine and three is a very successful year for for our program, and uh, ten years from now, you know, hopefully hopefully people won't continue to remember this, uh, you know, the the bad things that happened, and and we'll still look back at this year as a successful year, but you still you still have that lingering thought of what could have been. Absolutely, Chase. We certainly appreciate you calling. All right. Thank you. You can call us. You can text us on the Fairway Cars hotline just like Chase did, 888-993-7762. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to go ahead and take our first time out. We come back for the break. We're going to break down Louisiana Tech's 41-27 win over UTSA. You're listening to Bleed Take Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. At First National Bank, we have a strong team of bankers who are dedicated to meeting the needs and dreams of our customers. With competitive rates, tailored loans, and exceptional customer service, your experience with us is sure to be like no other. We invite you to come tailgate before every Louisiana Tech home game. First National Bank, we are the uncommon bank. Visit us online at fn.bank, member FDIC. The Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana. For more information, go to O'NeillGas.com. Bulldog fans, this is Chris Brister from Brister's Smokehouse, and I'd like to invite you to our new location, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston, across the street from our old location. 
Stop in and try our famous scatter load on your choice of four different types of bread. Our barbecue nachos are piled high with your favorite type of meat. And you have to taste for yourself our tender and juicy smoke-cooked chicken, my personal favorite. So whether you're in town or at a tech game or just in the mood for the best barbecue in town, come see us at Brister's Smokehouse, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. A new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirks and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426. time to keep up with louisiana tech sports the way you'd like to no worries just listen to bleed tech blue radio brought to you by first national bank call or text the show on the fairway carts hotline 888-993-7762 we're back bleed tech blue radio ben carlisle lane davidson john Tabor running the board lane I, i forgot to mention in the first segment the college head coaching carousel is like 90 to nothing at this point you got Arkansas obviously fires Chad Morris probably a month ago now. Missouri fires Barry Odom. Ole Miss is like, what the heck? We'll fire Matt Luke after their coach gets pe- caught. I mean, after the player gets caught peeing in the end zone. UTSA, who we'll talk here in a minute, fires Frank Wilson. Old Dominion fires Bobby Wilder. South Florida fires Charlie Strong. Uh, Washington coach Chris Peterson steps down today, or I believe it was yesterday. So many different coaching moves across the country. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And it's like we just talked about with Ron Rivera. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately It truly is. League, and it shouldn't be that way. No other job in the world asks you to come in, lead a, a company, lead it to record profits hire the best employees in the nation within two or three years no job in the world asks that of you or you're fired but we ask that of our college football coaches absolutely and i just wanted to mention that of of course skip holtz has been mentioned uh at ole miss at arkansas at missouri uh you can join us at bleedtechblue.com we got all the rumors covered uh i've been talking with multiple sources uh i guess really since sunday uh kind of catching up on where things stand so be sure to join us uh, right there to kind of see where things stand uh, with head coach Skip Holt. So looking back at Saturday, uh, we mentioned that the game delayed two and a half hours. Uh, kickoff did not happen until a little after 5 p.m. Uh, like Lane said in the previous segment, you never really got the impression uh, that Tech was under any sort of stress. No. E- even when they went down 17-14 to 14 on the Meek fumble. That was never a doubt who was going to win that game. Yeah, and you know, only if only if North Texas had won, would there have been maybe a little bit of a doubt that Tech could have lost that game. Absolutely, and so, you know, you you go back to this game, and it had so many different odd things surrounding it. And then you know, kick off, Tech gets the ball, uh, get pretty good field position on a nice return by Tucson. First drive, if there was any questions about Jamar. Tech went 66 yards in four plays. He hits Bear for, I think it was like a 21, 22-yard touchdown. 
and it was seven nothing. It was just like, well, Jamar's fine. He's back. And, and like, wish I would have seen that two weeks, the last two weeks. And, oh yeah, seriously. But you know, and I've talked about with Beck. You know, we weren't going to come in here and say, hey, you know, I've defended Jamar for th- going on three years now. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, that, that's my guy. He's playing you know, the best football of his career, Tech can't win a game without him, blah, blah, blah. But you watch him play on Saturday night, and I know he missed two games, but it's pretty clear he was the MVP of Conference USA. Like, there was no player more valuable than what he brought to Tech on a weekly basis. No doubt, and we saw it in the worst way, unfortunately. Um, As heartbreaking as it was, we saw it. Well, I think that solidified it even more. No doubt. There's no question. Um, Yeah, it was just... All around, exciting to watch, but so depressing to watch Jamar go and throw three touchdowns and run for another, and it, it, it was mixed emotions all night. And there were so many different things. You know, I thought offensively in the game, I mentioned Tech had 500 yards of total offense, but I, I thought this was one of the worst games the offensive line played all year. They they got whipped up front. I think Jamar was sacked four or five times, mm-hmm. had pressure in his face, just never really could settle into a, a comfortable pocket around him. But, you know, like I said, Tech found a way. Henderson had the big run early in the game. I think it was a 66-yard run. And, and, you know, 66 of his 105 yards come on that one carry. Yeah. So for the remainder of the games, he rushes 19 carries for 41 yards. And th- that tells you enough right there that the offensive line did not play well. Yeah, it kind of boosted their stats a little bit with that with that line. But you dig a little deeper and you see that it wasn't their best Well, game. even Israel Tucker had a 54-yard run as yeah, well. So yeah. it's like yeah, a- 164 yards of Tech's 168 yards came on two carries. Totally. And switching to the defensive side of the ball, I thought the same thing. I, I thought it was one of the, the poor showings from the defense of the season. They were okay. They, they they were good on third down. I think they were what, like, they stopped three of 15. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact stats, but I would agree with you on the defense. And it was really odd. You know, North Texas, or North Texas, UTSA starts the freshman weeks, and he hadn't played a whole lot, but it was pretty clear he could throw the ball uh, pretty well, had a little bit of mobility. I know he threw two interceptions. Uh, which were really drive killers for UTSA. I think one of them was in the end zone to Snead. But the other one, of course, went back for a pick six with Jackson. Jim, but Jackson, yeah. But I just thought the Tech defense, especially in the middle of the field, I thought the safeties, uh, Snead and Lewis, had a lot of trouble down the middle of the field. And uh, 85, I can't remember what his name was. It might have been Strickland. He probably dropped, I don't know, 75, yeah. 80 yards worth of three yeah. or four passes as well. Totally. And so as much of improvement as we've seen from Bob Diaco's defense throughout this, you know, this far into the season, it it felt like a step back on Saturday night against UTSA. And a lot of that could be contributed to the defensive line was unable to get any sort of pressure. Uh, I think Tech only had one sack. Uh, I know they had the two interceptions, but UTSA also ran for 130 yards. It felt like McCormick uh, could pick up any amount of yards that he really needed to. Uh, especially in that kind of, you know, especially if they got in a second and ten, they were getting back to third and four. Yeah. And, and that's the tough thing as a defense is, like, if you got them, you got to put them away. And I think that's what Tech didn't do. You look at the turnover late. I think it was 41-27. Henderson fumbles on an easy pitch from Jamar, and it's like, like, yeah, I know it's four four minutes to go. I, I know Tech's up 14, but it's like. Crazier things you, Yeah, you're letting them hang around. Yeah. 
And, and so that it, was it, extremely I mean, frustrating. Yeah, is that a product of, of some of the players feeling like some of the fans have felt just a little bit deflated after the last two weeks and after, you know, coming down from the high of the season? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it it wasn't the best performance on either side of the ball outside of <laughs> Jamar. And uh, it's frustrating to see Tech still put up 41 points and 500 yards of offense and win a, a conference game in a in a bad environment, frankly. Yep. Um, it's tough to see that and them be in the situation that they're in because they have a really good team. And, and Lane, I want to ask you this, and you know, this is kind of pivoting away from the game now, now that the regular season's over. You look at this senior class, and I, I get it. They did not win a conference championship, and I think you know, we talked about before the season, we've talked about the last two or three seasons that that one halt that Tech must get over under Holtz is they have to find a way to win a conference championship. But looking at this senior class, you know, 33 wins in four years, 17-6 and six at home. And I get it. There was a 2-5 and five year at home uh, back in, I believe it was 2017. It was either 2-5 and five or 3-4. and four. But they won four bowl games. They won 21 conference games. What, to you, what, what, what will you remember most about this senior class? Um... That's a good question. I, I think they'll be remembered as one of the better classes in tech football history. I, it's it's tough to say right now. It, it, everything's just very, very bitter and deflated yeah, right now. It's tough to analyze it. I think fans will soften. Uh, oh, uh, as time over, goes over, on. As time yeah. goes on, it heals all. Because um, like you said, I mean, they've been incredibly successful. And right now we roll our eyes at, at these bowl games that we keep winning every year. But, but th- that – that associates good feelings, and good feelings lead to positive legacies. So I, I think it'll soften with time. And, and I think you look at this senior class, and you know we're going to talk about Jamar here in a couple of segments and, and his career in totality. And I know it's not over, but with you being in on a one-off show, I wanted to talk about it. But you know this senior class, there's a lot of talent in this class. For one, you sure. know obviously Jamar, uh, you'll always ask the what if question with him. You'll always ask the what if question. Uh, with Jaquise Dancy, a guy that's mm-hmm. extremely talented but battled uh, just a long laundry list of things. Of course, he beat cancer, but you, you wonder what his career might have been. Uh, you look at you know some of the offensive linemen up front. Ethan Reed has started 52 straight games at, at right guard. Cody Russi. Yeah, Russi's just a junior, but really the offensive line gelled, uh, especially this year. Dwight Stallworth uh, is going to get an opportunity uh, to get some looks by NFL scouts, shifting to the defensive side. Kadarian Mason, a guy that's played for four years. Courtney Wallace battled so many injuries before a strong senior year. Connor Taylor, a kid that came in from Snow College in Utah and you know really made his mark on this defense, became one of the better linebackers we've had probably in quite some time. Colin Scott's been solid. Obviously, Legereus Sneed, uh, I think he's got nine career interceptions there's just Daryl Lewis, a former walk-on that's been a three-year starter at safety. Rarely do you see that. There's so many different guys out of this group of 23 seniors that you could point to. But like you said, overall, the more time that passes when we look back on this class in 10 or 20 years, they're going to be part of that group that kind of laid that foundation, or we hope that laid that foundation for a long-sustained uh, success in Louisiana Tech football. Totally, and we talked about it um, a few weeks ago when I was on the show. Are, are the 20 teens 
the best decade in tech football yeah. history. Yeah, it's I, right I, up there. I think they might be, and that group has a lot to do with that. Absolutely. And so, you know, we mentioned previously, you know, the lack of a great atmosphere at the game on Saturday against UTSA. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to discuss that a little bit. It feels like we discuss this year in and year out, but uh, Lane and I have collaborated uh, throughout the week, and I feel like we got some pretty good thoughts to share uh, on uh, the environment, the game day atmosphere, uh, things of that nature. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. all the time excuse me no it doesn't you always alert me my point exactly cars that have forward-facing cameras need to be recalibrated when you replace the windshield how would i know that most people don't next time take it to acne glass and mirror they were the first one in the region that could replace your windshield and recalibrate your forward-facing camera and unlike taking it to a dealership and paying out of pocket acne will bill your insurance it's that easy thanks i'm going to acne glass and mirror At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe, and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. If you've been waiting for just one more good reason to buy a new EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden, here it is. New EasyGo Carts from Fairway Carts are available with lithium batteries. That means a much longer battery life, which means more time for you to be out having fun on your EasyGo. From a standard golf cart to the big four and six passenger carts for the whole family. EasyGo is the industry leader in lithium battery technology. Their batteries are 100% maintenance-free, deliver consistent performance with a longer life and much quicker charging time than conventional batteries. And best of all, they come with an unprecedented eight-year battery warranty. Don't wait any longer. You've got all the reasons you need to buy a new EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden. Come see the big selection in the showroom on Highway 531 just north of I-20 or call 318-371-CART. Get ready for a healthy dose of Louisiana Tech sports. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank, is back on the radio. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Ben Carlisle, Lane Davison, John Tabers running the board. So, you know, we've had some great discussions here the first two segments. And, you know, one, one of the things that's most discussed uh, out, outside of the play on the field when you talk about uh, not only Louisiana Tech football, but basketball, baseball, wh- whatever sport you want to point to is the atmosphere that surrounds things. And, you know, for for so many years, especially when we were growing up, when we were in college, we always heard the old adage, like, just win. Winning mm. will cure it. Winning will cure the attendance issues. Winning will cure, you know, pretty much any issue that you can have. And I think, you know, you look at this year in particular, I, I disagree with that. And I'll tell you why. Please do. Louisiana Tech averaged 45 points per game at home, okay? And so many people 
have said the past couple of years, well, I, I'm not coming to the game. It's it's boring to watch. We're not scoring enough. It's not exciting. Well, if 45 points per game is not exciting enough and it's not getting you to the game, like that's not why you're not coming. It's an excuse. Yeah. It's just another list or another reason and a long list of things for you to not come. And, and you look at the average attendance this year, 20,438 announced. We know that the average was probably 15,000. Yeah, it, it's some inflated math. That's and for sure. and that's it's not only at Tech. That's, it's around the that's country. That's everywhere. Yeah. It's standard. It's all about ticket sales. But my, my thing is this. As a fan, myself, when, I, when I'm thinking about, like, we're going to be at the games, okay? This isn't necessarily geared towards us. We're going to be there. Whether Tech's two and ten or ten and two, we're right. gonna, we're going to be at the Joe. It's just it's just what we've done throughout our lives. But for the common fan, for that average fan, I don't think that fans are showing up to games because they want to see Tech win. Because the average fan, they're average for a reason. They don't really but care. It doesn't affect their life at all. It has no consequential value to their life if Tech wins or loses. It's huh. about the environment surrounding a game. It's kind of like us when we watch Florida, Florida State. When the game's over, we don't care. Don't care. It's on to the next thing. It's flipping to the next game. And that's that's kind of the thing. And, you know, I think there has to become more of an entertainment value, not only from a ticket price standpoint. I don't want to point to ticket pricing because – Ticket pricing is what it is. I'm not I'm not a big believer in if you lower a $35 ticket to a $10 ticket, you're going to get 3,000 more people because you're not. You're not. That's another excuse people yeah, use. Yeah, that's not true. If you're not willing to pay $30, you're probably not willing to pay $10. No, you're not. And, and like, if you want to argue that, you can call us. Like, 888-993-7762. You are not coming to a game or not staying home based over, on the all, ticket over price. Over $20. No. And I've also heard the argument, well, I'm not going as long as Jamar's at quarterback. Well, no, that's not true. Like, you're not going to a football game to watch one player. Mm -mm. Like, I couldn't tell you the quarterbacks for half the teams in the country that I watch on a a given Saturday or Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry. Like, you can say you don't like him, but that's not why you don't come. And so I think the big thing for Tech, if they want to enhance their game day experience because that's what it is that's what it is what 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 do we love about college football in the south in particular tailgating being a part of something bigger than yourself feeling like you're a part of yeah exactly a part of a family uh that gets together every saturday and has has a big party together and you see that at the big schools and how do you foster that at a school like tech where it's something that people want to be a part of and not just i care about the football so i'm coming or i don't care about the football so i'm not coming well and i'll say this too like myself i have a wife and i have a three-year-old and a one-year-old if i'm being real the percentage chance that they make it through a four-quarter game is very slim okay so what are they going to come for they're going to come to tailgate because they get an opportunity to see a bunch of people they haven't seen. They're looking for a, a nice, easy meal. or And they're going to come into the game. They're going to look for champ. They're going to want to listen to the band. They're going to want to see some enter, entertaining things. Because we're forgetting that TV timeouts these days are three minutes. Like, it's a long time to just sit there. Totally. You know what I'm saying? And so, when you come to a tech game, and I'm not – 
crushing the administration by any means. But if I'm going to go to, say, Argent Pavilion, that, that's one of the main places that you can get food, uh, especially if you're a member of the LTAC. If I'm getting Zaxby's Chicken Fingers, whatever the meal is that day, or Cane's, or you know whatever it is, I don't want to wait in line for 30 minutes behind only 35 people to get two chicken strips and some cold fries. Like, there, there's got to be better way. And, like, I know that seems so little, and it is little. Like, it doesn't necessarily bother me. But some people are going to be like, like, come on. Like, you're just throwing some chicken strips on a table, on a plate. Totally. And that's emblematic of, of the situation that Tech finds itself in with, and I hate I hate to bring it back to budget and money, but it's what it, it is. That's a lot and of the problem. A, a lot of most of the budget and manpower, it a school like Tech's athletic department has to go to donor engagement, engaging with the fans that invest monetarily, because that supplements the income where the budget can't, and it leaves very little for engagement with the common folk, like you say, the people who maybe sitting at home on Saturday with nothing to do. Um, it keeps, it, it prevents tech from engaging them and saying, come on out to the Joe. And we have, we have this experience for you and we're, we're drawing people in. And, and that's something that that's just very hard to do at tech's level of, of financial commitment. And, and I think too, like we talked about this on bleed tech blue, the message boards this week, like you hear, you hear various different things that people are, upset about or not satisfied with and one of the things that you hear most commonly is why do I have to be have my tailgate set up at 8 a.m. for a 6 p.m. game okay mm-hmm. and, and I get that argument I, I do I understand it I would not want to have my tailgate set up for 10 hours no matter where I lived even yeah. if I was in Ruston 10 minutes away but at the same time is me sending a one-off email to whoever in the administration going to embark a change or is me getting together with all 50 or 60 or however many people you want to say and saying hey let's let's bring this to light let's say hey contact whoever you want to contact in the athletic department say listen i want to tailgate but i got a soccer game at 10 i got this at 11 can, can we change this to where i can get in and tailgate it at one you know what i'm saying like one-off emails about certain – there's so many different people that have so many different crazy things that they're – heck, my grandparents talk about not enough handicapped parking spots. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many different things that people are upset about. If you want to embark on some change, you have to care about it enough for one to not only just say it behind a, a keyboard and a screen, but you got to actually try to get it fixed. Totally. You have the power. To but they got to hear you, and an it can't be one change. person. Yeah, they have to hear you. You can be an agent of change, but like you're saying, tech does not have the manpower or money to address every little problem that comes in their email inbox or on their Facebook feed. If, if, if a problem matters to you enough, put together a contingency of people and go and make them listen to you. Or, or if you're a student, okay, I, I'm not happy with the entertainment. I, I'm tired of watching the Whataburger toss and the – the DQ dash. Yeah, all those different things that we've done for so many years. Well, hey, get together with the SGA or whoever it may be and say, listen, dedicate $10,000, which not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, and here here are some things that we would enjoy doing. Or, or, you know, it might not be that simple, but 
like throw ideas out on the table like you work as a student to enhance your own experience if you're not getting what you're don't just don't show up to the game totally because i can tell you one thing when i went to school here like it didn't like we're at a university with 45,000 students and you never see another athlete like they're in every one of your classes like you see them like it's pretty obvious you know what i'm saying i just think that if things are going to change, it's got to come from both sides. Like, you can't just sit and say the administration's doing a terrible job at XYZ while you're sitting over here with no solution at all other than they're doing a bad job. Correct. Like, yeah, th- there needs to be more There's money. culpability on both sides. And like you said, it just goes back to are, are, are these real problems or inconveniences? Someone had a good post on, on the board this week about – uh, inconveniences are just an excuse for the passionless. Yeah. And it, is it that, or are there real problems to be addressed? There's probably a little bit of both. You need to, you know, gird your loins and care more um, about your problems if these problems are real problems. Or, um, and if that's true, then the administration needs to step up and fix it. Or you just don't care. And that's fine too. You don't, you're not, you know, one's saying you have to care. But if, if you're saying you care, then do something yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. And it like if if you're one of those like, man, it's ridiculous that I can't park uh, around the Joe when that parking lot's half full. Like, I agree with you. But it's also ridiculous that when I go to Denton, Texas, and I got to park two and a half miles away <laughs> yeah. in a cow pasture. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Like, these aren't issues solely based on Louisiana Tech. Totally. And, and so there, there's so many different problems or issues that fans are going to have. And the big thing, you know, when it comes to – enhancing your game day experiences communicate your ideas like say hey me and 20 friends we think this would be a good solution can you please look into it can you please give me your thoughts on why or why not can we do that totally it's it put yourself in the position of the administration if you run a company and your customers come to you and say we want this and enough of them are saying it then you're going to listen exactly there's always the trolls there's always the one-offs and you ignore those people but if enough people come together, they have no choice but to listen. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and jump to our next time out. We come back from the break. We'll play the Lane Davison special, a little three-word game. Let's go. Be right back after the break. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics, plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Uncommon, how would you describe it? Would it be above the ordinary? Outstanding? Exceptional? First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, is above the ordinary. An outstanding bank dedicated to exceptional customer service, trust, and courtesy. First National Bank, we promise to be uncommon in all the things we do. Member FDIC. Bulldog fans, this is Chris Brister from Brister's Smokehouse, and I'd like to invite you to our new location, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston, across the street from our old location. 
Stop in and try our famous scatter load on your choice of four different types of bread. Our barbecue nachos are piled high with your favorite type of meat. And you have to taste for yourself our tender and juicy smoked cooked chicken, my personal favorite. So whether you're in town or at a tech game or just in the mood for the best barbecue in town, come see us at Brister's Smokehouse, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. all the time. Excuse me? No, it doesn't. You always alert me. My point exactly. Cars that have forward-facing cameras need to be recalibrated when you replace the windshield. How would I know that? Most people don't. Next time, take it to Acme Glass and Mirror. They were the first one in the region that could replace your windshield and recalibrate your forward-facing camera. And unlike taking it to a dealership and paying out of pocket, Acme will bill your insurance. It's that easy. Thanks. I'm going to Acme Glass and Mirror. Want to find out stuff about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Car Top Line, 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Ben Carlisle, Lane Davison, John Tabor running the board. A good show tonight, Lane. It is a good show. It has a different tone. I it just feels a little a little depressing. It really is. We're trying to keep it. We're trying to keep it positive. We're trying to keep it light. But there is a little bit of a cloud over. There, there's some right disappointment now. in the room. But it is, has been a great show. Always good to be here. Absolutely. So let's jump in. Let's play a little three word game. Last I'm ready. time, last I'm time ready. we played three word game. I would say you brought the heat. It's time to pep up. Let's go. I'm ready. This is what you're good at. So first statement coming up. If Louisiana Tech, or if Skip Holtz were to leave Louisiana Tech to either Arkansas, Ole Miss, Missouri, you know, you name it, whatever school you want to name, Louisiana Tech football would be... Be just fine. You think? I think. And let me tell you why. We talked about it two segments ago. This group, including Skip, including Sonny Dykes in the early part of this decade, have built a really, really solid foundation here at Louisiana Tech for their football program. Dare I say we've become a little bit of a G5 destination for recruiting. I agree with that. And especially above our pay grade. And I think that that foundation would continue in a replacement level coach's hands. Now, if you hire a bad coach, it can crumble real fast. Skip is great, but if you hire a replacement level coach, it it will be just fine. Be just So fine. if you hire a guy with a war of 0. Of, of 0. zero we're going to keep trending up. Here, here's my here's my three words. Up and down. Okay. And I say that because, listen, I, if Tech was to hire a new coach, like I would like to stay in-house and go with Joe Sloan because I think he could continue to build upon what Skip has done. Because I think the one thing that gets overlooked with Skip is Skip might not be the greatest like on-field, play-calling, get-after-your-you-know-what week-in and week-out. But one thing Skip Holtz is dedicated to is building a program. Correct. And when you look at Tech, they've won four, nine games four out of seven years under Skip. Prior to Skip being here, they had four nine-win seasons since 1982. Not exactly cutting down the nets too often. That's some serious program building. So I would say it, it'd be up and down if you went on the outside. Okay. I, I would be a little scared that we might end up back in the Derek Dooley, Jack McNeil days. That's and a, that's and I'm sorry, I, I don't want to see it. That's a fair point. All right, next. Power Fives firing their coaches only two to three years into their tenure is? Not very helpful. We talked about this again two segments ago. It doesn't help Tech, that's for sure. 
it doesn't help tech at all. And it's it's such an instant gratification culture that we're a part of. Instagram videos are twenty seconds, Snapchat ten seconds, TikTok five seconds. Everything, TikTok is that new? I, I, that's that's a new thing. I'm really? Let the kids know more about that. It's we're in such an instant gratification culture, and we see it with our college football coaches. If you're not if you're not winning the conference within three years or a, performing at a, a certain bowl threshold that the fans think is acceptable, the donors especially, you're gone. We'll see you. I, I, it's not helpful. Like you said, program building takes more than two to three years. And I think, you know, I said it's the NFL way. And I think you talk about program building. Like, college is so much different than NFL, which I think, like, we always see, like, methods of play calling and, and schemes stolen from both college and pro. But this is one thing, to me, you cannot steal. College cannot steal from the NFL. Like, when you're developing 18, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kids, like, I'm sorry, there there are not many 18, 19-year-old kids that are ready to play at a high level. And when you hire a new coach, 85% of the time you're going to be in a rebuild mode. And it's too hard. Let's take Chad Morris, for example, at Arkansas. And I get it. He sucked. He was terrible. They weren't even competing. But, like, at the same time, what would you expect? Like he he tried to stop gap at quarterback with an SMU transfer who was terrible against Tech in a bowl game. Then he tried to take the backup from A&M who wasn't good. Then he tried Jerry Jones' grandson. Well, we know why he's there. <laughs> then you tried a, a true freshman. It's like... If you're not going to give him any chance to develop the talent, like what, what do you expect? And, and the same go. And listen, I know there's different layers to all these coach firings. Like Ole Miss. Like I'm sorry, I watched Ole Miss three or four times this year, and I thought Ole Miss had a lot of talent on the field. But apparently, new athletic director Keith Carter would quickly disagree. Next question. This was loaded. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say. Jamar Smith is 24 and 13 and 37 career starts. He's thrown for over 9,000 yards, 64 touchdowns, only 20 interceptions. Right now, in this moment, what will his legacy be in your mind? No good vibes. And you mentioned all those stats. And those stats are important. And you and I have been bigger Jamar apologists than anyone out there, you especially, because of those stats. But when it comes to legacy, stats mean very little. What means a lot is how did you make people feel? What kind of vibes did you bring to Joe I.A. Stadium? What kind of memories did you give fans? I think championships equal those good vibes. And I think big wins equal those good vibes. And Jamar didn't bring a championship. And he came up short in every big game he played in. If you think about from the P5 level, I think of South Carolina, I think of Arkansas, I think of um, LSU. I don't think that there's enough of those big moments from a championship level and from a big win level that gave fans enough good memories and good vibes to associate with them. Add in the off the field issues and the lack of fan engagement and you don't have enough positive vibes for Jamar's legacy. We got a text on the text line about Jamar's legacy. Come on. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Okay. It's pretty good. Uh, hey. I said good, but empty. Like, there's, there's just not a whole lot to show for it. I think 20 years down the road, like, he'll be looked back on as a good college quarterback. But right now, 
with everything that's happened in the past two or three weeks, it's just like you, you built up so much goodwill, regardless of if or if not should have been suspended. You were. So it's like, it's like a good career, but pretty empty. If you looked at the plot graph of Jamar's career at Tech, it started at a peak with the Arkansas upside game. Upside down roller coaster, like three flips in a row. You had fans chanting, We want Jamar. The following, <laughs> the following week when Ryan Higgins was back. And so he started at the peak, and then from there was a slow, slow descent to a deep valley. And this year has been got back up close to a, getting up to the top a of the mountain. battle to the top, back to the top of the mountain, and then just another complete drop off a cliff. So yeah, it's it's weird. That's a weird legacy. It, it, it is. That's the best way to. It's really weird. Like I can't remember. And, and granted, like I don't look into programs as much as I do at Tech, but it'll be interesting to see how he's thought about you know down the line. So ne- next question: The 2019 La Tech football season was. Murphy's Law personified. Woo! You, you know what Murphy's Law states? No! <laughs> Murphy's Law in physics states anything that can happen will happen. Well. And anything that could happen to Tech did, ha- happen. did happen to Tech this year. And so that's what this season was, Murphy's Law personified. That's pretty good. I said fun, but pissed. That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun when it was going good, but now I'm just pissed. Moving on, Louisiana Tech has won 10 games five times in its history. None since 1984. None as a Division I playing football school. How much will winning 10 games mean to the program? Good for health. I like it. Eh, it's, it's not my best. I said, I said it's a huge recruiting tool. It, it, it is. And, Okay, let me backtrack. It, we were talking about program built, building, and that's what I mean when I say good for health. It's good for the continued health of the program from a recruiting perspective and from continuing the ball rolling downhill that this decade has been into the next decade, the 2020s. Uh, that being said, I think it's kind of a fake 10-win season. It doesn't really count. <laughs> it, it, if you don't close it out at the end of November, it doesn't count. That's fair. We got a text on the text line that says, not a championship. Yeah, and that's, I think, that's more right. I think, too, like, what's so crazy to me is, like, you know, I talked to all these recruits, and a fan's perspective versus a kid's perspective is so different, it's insane. Like, we're so unsatisfied, but you talk to a recruit, it's like, they win so much. Like, I want to be a part, and you're just like, man, like, if only I could have this perspective, like, you know, like they do when they're signing. I'm watching ULM play ULL for bowl eligibility the other night line up for the game winning field goal and just miss it wide left just hooked it wide left and i'm thinking those fans those those few ulm fans that are out there down 30 minutes down the road who are very passionate about their warhawks i have so much respect for you and i know that you were devastated and it made me feel a little bad that i'm sitting here with tech at nine and three and we're complaining and, about and it. we're complaining about it i agree with that football season nearing its end is Worse, you're going to hate this. Come on. Worse than hockey. It's miserable. That hurt. Hockey is miserable. That hurt. That That really hurt, BC. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even know. I can't recover from that. (laughs) For those of you out there, I'm a a huge hockey fan, and uh, BC took a personal shot there. I guess that was payback for the Saints one earlier in the show. Um, But I wrote, good for my sanity. 
Which I know is four words. Well, that's fair. But <laughs> that's a good point. The roller coaster ride of this season is almost over. We still have one more bowl game to play, so you know I, I don't want to jump the gun. It, on it that, will help your emotions. It's out. almost over. Let's get off the roller coaster. Let's go play some carnival games for for a little while and and get off these up and downs because I can't take it anymore. And we got another text on the text line for the 2019 season. A disappointing surprise. Okay. Pretty good way to put it. All right, last one. Had to throw this one on there. UAB is? One word, three letters. D-A-D. Dad. <laughs> call, him, call him daddy. Cause so they've moved. Southern Miss has moved to UAB. I, I guess For so. Now. All the demons that were exercised with Southern Miss have, have now – have now been we've now been possessed by UAB. So Lane, you're gonna love this one. A, on. a lot of times in our group text, we refer to people that are on our hate plane. Yes, UAB is my hate plane. Wow, like they are the plane. Wow. Okay, like, I'm I'm sorry. Like there's not one thing I respect about their program. There's not one thing I like about their program. Their uniforms are terrible. What like, is a blazer? What is a blazer? Like looks like freaking Bowser off of Mario. <laughs> like oh. Cannot stand UAB. That's a good one. They are my hate play. Nice little three-word game, certainly. That was good. Stirred it up a little bit on the text. Let's go ahead, take our next time out. We come back from the break. We'll talk with Eric Conkle, head coach of the Dunkin' Dogs. You're listening to Bleed Tape Blue Radio. Sports Talk 97.7. Have you looked at the calendar? The seasons are changing, and fun season is almost here. You mean fall season? Nope, fun season. Because any season is more fun with a new EasyGo golf cart from Fairway Carts in Minden. With an EasyGo that perfectly fits your lifestyle, you'll have fun at the football games, fun with the family on a camping trip or riding around the neighborhood, even have fun in the woods during hunting, I mean hunting season. And Fairway Carts always has a great selection of EasyGo gas or electric carts with the performance you need and the value to please any budget. Experience the comfort of an EasyGo personal cart, the convenience of a multi-passenger cart, or the rugged durability of an EasyGo utility cart. Yes, fun season is coming, and it's going to be your new favorite season of the year. It all starts with a new EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden on Highway 531, just north of I-20. Give them a call at 318-371-CART. At First National Bank, we have a strong team of bankers who are dedicated to meeting the needs and dreams of our customers. With competitive rates, tailored loans, and exceptional customer service, your experience with us is sure to be like no other. We invite you to come tailgate before every Louisiana Tech home game. First National Bank, we are the Uncommon Bank. Visit us online at fn.bank, member FDIC. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. A new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirks and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe, 97.7. You gotta love it.
love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Ben Carlisle, Lane Davis, and John Tabor running the board. Getting into the heart of basketball season and to help us talk a little bit about the Dunkin' Dogs head coach, Eric Conkle, joins us on the Fairway Carts hotline. How are we doing tonight, Coach? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, pretty good, Coach. You, you look at this season to this point, obviously you're seven games in. Uh, you're 5-2 and two overall, off to a really solid start. you got a veteran-laden squad, uh, I believe 11 juniors and seniors. What have you learned about your team uh, to this point in the season? Well, I learned some things that we, we felt could be true, that we've got some depth, we've got some upperclassmen leadership, and we've got uh, a balanced scoring lineup, which is something that we're really excited about. We've got a number of guys that uh, can put the ball in the basket. We've got a number of ways that we can play, whether with a, a small lineup or a big lineup, and, and we've got a competitive group. So those things all mixed together, we feel, uh, give us an opportunity to keep improving and, uh, uh, and have a great season. We're, we're excited about this team, no doubt. And you mentioned you got some guys that can really score the basketball. And obviously one player that sticks out is Caleb Ledoux, a kid that sat out a season ago after transferring in from McNeese. And I know you put him to come off the bench last in the last game against Sanford, uh, scores a season-high 23 points. And that was coming off a pretty rough game against Indiana uh, in which he didn't shoot the ball well, had a few turnovers. Uh, what are you really trying to get through to him uh, at this point in the season, I mean, I think we all can realize how talented he really is as well. And he really is. And he can really shoot the basketball. He's wired to score. And, you know, for all of our guys, we're trying to find lineups, find continuity, chemistry of attacking, playing fast, playing with great pace, and then just continuing to find the best shot for us while taking care of the basketball. I think for us to be successful – uh, we've got to be a team that wins the turnover margin, gets a good shot each time down, and uh, we're just looking to find those great rhythm shots for our entire team. And when you look at your backcourt, you mentioned that you have so much depth back there, and we could talk about a number of different guys when it comes to Bracey, Gene, Archibald, Ledoux, uh, the freshman Kobe Williams has played some minutes here in the early going. Uh, how difficult is it not only to navigate uh, figuring out which guy's playing well on a particular night, but also uh, to keep them engaged mentally uh, on nights when they might not be playing their best basketball? Well, I think it's a great challenge uh, for each guy individually, uh, no doubt, where you're uh, competitive, you're trying to play your great great basketball and, and, and be with a group of guys where you're trying to achieve something. and. It's something we remind our team of often of, hey, what, what's our overall goal here? And uh, our goal is to play great basketball every day. And, and sometimes, uh, as we all know, that night isn't yours. And there's all so many ways that you can impact the basketball game. And we just search to build great consistency on the defensive end, the offensive end, and know that we've got enough depth where somebody is going to be able to step up every single night. And we want to all have our part in impacting that. And, uh, and that's the real challenge for, for young players that want to keep, you know, want to score, want to do things, want to be impactful. But with the depth of the team, we're constantly just finding ways to play with great balance, great confidence, and everybody work together. 
and you look at your front court, uh, one player that obviously sticks out is Mo Muhammad, a, a kid that came in from Bipsy a year ago, and uh, he, he certainly flashed what, at times a season ago, uh, certainly gave you some solid minutes off the bench. Uh, I believe this year he's averaging near a double-double, had 10 points, 15 rebounds uh, against Samford in his last outing. Uh, how has he improved uh, in, in your eyes from his junior to his senior year? He's just become so much more comfortable in, in what we're doing and what's he, what is expected of him. We recruited him to be a great rebounder. It's one of those things that translates, and he's proven to be that. He did that last year. He's taken it up another level, um, especially on the defensive backboards. And he's worked really hard to improve his skill, and uh, from hitting baseline jump shots to rolling hooks to even uh, stretching it out and shooting a three-point shot from time to time. But we can just count on his consistency of great effort and bringing it every single day, and that's really proved to be a great attribute for him and helping our team. And, you know, one player I wanted to talk about as well is the freshman, Crawford. Uh, if you go back, I believe it was around a month ago, you, you play the exhibition game against LSU, and I, I'm sure you would agree you could kind of see him out there, uh, the speed of the game, the, some of the physicality uh, really got to him, but as he kind of settled into that game, uh, he got better and better. And just in these first seven games, uh, it really seems like a high IQ player, uh, takes care of the basketball, can shoot it from the outside, a good rebounder. Uh, wh what have you learned about him that you maybe didn't know uh, coming into the year? Well, he was a guy that when we recruited him and evaluated him in the uh, all season long, he, he was essentially the center for his North Crowley High School team. Uh, but we saw that he had really good feel, long arms. He's got a seven foot one wingspan. He's got huge hands, and um, in that he just had a, a really good vision and passing, and a guy that we thought that we could develop, and he's just developed very rapidly. Uh, he got stronger this summer became comfortable very quickly on the perimeter and we saw him as a as a stretch foreman type player like an Eric McCree that we've had in the past and it, it's happened pretty fast for him he's shooting the basketball much better in the summertime he wouldn't even look to shoot a three-point shot now he's made several already on this season and we just think the sky's the limit for him we're very, very excited about his development and like I mentioned you're, you're seven games into your regular season I think you got five more non-conference games to go uh, before a conference play starts up with Southern Miss. Uh, what are you looking for your team to improve on uh, between now and the conference opener? The thing that we've got to really uh, continue to improve on is, is we've got to take care of the basketball. We started off really well. Uh, certainly uh, our game at Indiana, uh, that really hurt us. And as we go into this game against Mississippi State on Thursday, taking care of the basketball, winning the turnover margin is huge. And that's something that we're constantly talking about and it's going to be very much a part of the next game is rebounding the basketball. We feel with our size, our collective size, that uh, we, we should be able to really do a nice job on, on the backboards, both on the offensive end and the defensive end. And then, and then offensively, we, we just want to continue to work on our chemistry and uh, our free-flowing offense and just keep building that, uh, that confidence in one another of, of creating and, and penetrating and finding great shots. Absolutely, Coach. Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio and uh, lo looking forward to a, a good game Thursday night at Mississippi State. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on and all that you do, and uh, we'll look forward to talking again soon. Absolutely. Eric Conkle, head coach of the Duncan Dogs.
And Lane, you look at this team, and I know you had a chance to watch the Indiana game, and you know, going back to that Indiana game, which I believe was that was last Monday, yeah. so it's really not that long ago. Uh, Tech falls on the road in Bloomington, eighty-eight seventy-five. We know what Indiana is. Uh, especially when it comes to an environment perspective. It's going to be a tough place to play. It's an old arena. Uh, I can't imagine that, um, you know, I can't imagine it's one of the newer things that the players are used to seeing. It's kind of probably a little bit of a shell shock is what I'm trying to say. But one thing that really stuck out to me, and Coach Cockle mentioned they turned the ball over too much and Indiana got out to a quick start. But this team does have some resiliency. They do, and and they, you, I mean, you saw them. They were having, like you said, a, a poor shooting performance that night. Um, turned the ball over a few times, but they hung around and they made some runs and were in the game until until late. I mean, yeah, Indiana I mean, made their free throws late in the game, yeah. but without that, they're in the game. And, uh, at and, the end. and I think too, when you know, Coach Conkle talked, they, they've learned that they've got some depth, and you know, the last couple years, that Tech's been so snake bitten by injuries and. But now there's some depth in the backcourt, and I wanted to ask him about Ledoux because you go back to that Indiana game, I think he was like 3 of 12, 3 of 13 from the floor at six turnovers. But then Archibald, uh, a kid that missed the first couple of games, we've watched Amari grow up before our eyes. He's a junior. He comes off the bench, plays 32 minutes, scores a career-high 24 points, but then you got Ledoux, who's your most legit scorer on the team. He only plays 19 minutes. The luxury that, that Coach guy. Conkle must feel is is just tremendous, knowing that you just don't have to ride a guy even on a night that he's off. No question. And then, like you said, in the front court with you know Mo Mo Muhammad and and that crew in, in the front court, um, they have a combination of size and skill that they necessarily haven't had in, in a few years. I mean, we saw it somewhat with Mike Kaiser, but. He, he was he was on the thinner side, yeah. uh, tall but thin. Well, and you look at some of those big guys. You mentioned Mo Muhammad. He's a kid. He's only 6'7". You, we, we've seen Oliver Powell for going on four years now, uh, who's given some positive minutes, uh, more positive minutes than I expected prior to the year. He, he's 6'8", really going to be in there to rebound the basketball. Of course, Stacey Thomas is trying to grow up as a sophomore. Andrew Gordon's the West Virginia transfer. He gives you that wide body at 6'10". Uh, not playing a ton of minutes, but come in and rebound the ball. And, you know, we know what Pemberton is, that stretch for that, that junkyard type of guy. And I just think, you know, this team, I think they were picked third or fourth in the preseason. If if they can get things to really gel, they're – I think they're better than that. Oh, I do too. Third or fourth in the conference. I don't think there's a team in the league that can go 12 deep with them. Now, does that mean that you're going to win 25 games and win the league? It doesn't. But, like, there's a lot of talent on this roster, and I certainly think uh, that it's Conkle's best roster that he's put together in his five years. And also, shout-out to Adidas for the new threads that looking a lot sharper these days than they I have mean, the last few you years. You are a uniform expert. I am, I am. It's something that, that matters to me a lot. And uh, the last few years, what Adidas had – had for the guys was just was just not cutting it, it it's was not very, rough very was rough. very cookie cutter very ymca you like kind of directly. the retro look yeah they, they brought back some nice piping around the waist and around the shoulder and they went with the throwback 80s era the baby blues coming back next Saturday. i know i know first game get out to the tack and see the 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 new old threads that's the first that, time that should be a great environment ull comes to town it's always a pretty good crowd you know coming in the middle of december 
football season's winding down. It's it's crazy to think that they've already played seven games, but you know we're sitting here watching right now Michigan and Louisville and number one versus number four. Like college basketball's heating up. It is and, and conference we've play. Seen, we've seen multiple number one upsets already. It's SFA baby. SFA, right. no doubt. How and about that upset? Talk about the roller coaster of of the football season if you're if you're sick of that roller coaster well guess what another ride's about to lead the station the basketball <laughs> season so you can get on that one because yeah. i'm sure we'll have some ups and downs there as well yeah absolutely so let's go ahead take our final time out of the night when we come back from the break put a bow on it you're listening to bleed take blue radio sports talk 97.7 the bleed tech blue radio show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana. For more information, go to O'NeillGas.com. At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics, plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Hey, DQ fans, the two for $4 Super Snack is here to be your new snack time fuel up. Conquer the day and every crave by mixing and matching any two of your favorite snacks, like pretzel sticks and sundae, a cheeseburger and a Coke, or fries and chicken strips. And for only four bucks, that's pure snack power. Which combo will you try first? Swing by and find snack satisfaction today. Only at your DQ. Happy taste good. time to keep up with louisiana tech sports the way you'd like to no worries just listen to bleed tech blue radio brought to you by first national bank call or text the show on the fairway car top line 888-993-7762 final segment of the night ben carlisle lane davis and john Tabor doing a fantastic job running the board always tabs lame here we are into the show bc what you got you know, I think you want to circle back on our on our game day experience talk for a Let's second. Let's do it. I circle think back. There was there was something we didn't get to that I wanted to bring up. There was some chatter on the board about the Joe and its current configuration. Um, it and it even when it's somewhat full, feeling a little empty. Maybe as there's too many seats for the amount of fans that Tech averages, and maybe the environment would be better if there were less seats. It would help with a supply and demand factor, and it would help with just the stadium feeling more full so my question to you is what is, what is your opinion on the current situation at the joe and how it's configured currently I, i'll put it this way i don't love how it's configured i think 
you know, what, what's the capacity around twenty seven thousand probably close to twenty six twenty yeah somewhere close to thirty and I think you know you look at the two wings on the north end terrible think, yeah and there's no one ever in there and they don't look like they necessarily fit with the stadium you can definitely tell they were added at a later date yeah and so I think the big thing is you know if I was re- reconfiguring the stadium I would take those two wings off and we got some pretty good architects. You know, got some pretty good architects. I would find some way to bowl that end, mm-hmm. but I would also move the Jumbotron towards the field of play, probably 15 yards. You know, not not too terribly close, but I would bowl it, and I don't know that I would necessarily put permanent seating down there. I think I would put more of, like, I don't want to say tents. That sounds kind of cheap. Yeah. But kind of like a, a little bit of a tailgating atmosphere. Hey, for a thousand bucks, you know, we got we got ten of these. You know, we can make ten thousand bucks a game. You know, you and your buddies can come. You can grab ten of them for a hundred bucks a piece and come sit down here. I, I think you know something that was not normal seating, but was more of a tailgating atmosphere was fun. Maybe raise it up from the field of play some. Yeah. So that you don't have those guys celebrating into the end zone. And, you know, we saw Graham catch the touchdown the other day and he runs up to the heel. But, like, I don't think that's a – like, there's a – like, on the south end zone, like, the field house is real close. I don't yeah, think that would matter. You'll run much. into the weight room if, <laughs> if yeah. you get too close. So, I, I think that's what I would try to do with some of it is kind of bowl it around, make it more of a – to where you're, whether you're sitting on the east side or the west side, to where you're not just looking out into a bare parking lot. I just, I feel like the view is kind of, I'm not gonna say high schoolish, but like I just don't love it. Well, it, it, and it's high schoolish enough that the sides aren't connected. Yeah, yeah. like you should be able to get uh, to the other side without leaving the joke. Correct, and I, I love your idea. I think I think that's right on the money. Um, getting rid of those makeshift sections in the north end zone in itself would just eliminate a huge eyesore, in my opinion. Because, um, like you said, you're sitting in there and you look up and see two barren wastelands on on either side. And it, it is kind of – it takes a little bit of the air out of, out of the stadium um, when when it doesn't feel that full. And I think you could eliminate those and wrap it around, like you said, and tie it together in a fun way. Maybe make – uh, some cabana areas on yeah, either something side like that. of the scoreboard, a concourse area where, you know, there's always foot traffic and put a skateboard park. Vendors. <laughs> put a pool. Yeah. <laughs> Miami Marlins. Yeah, like make it like wild. Yeah. And and just bring a, a, another level of fun to the stadium, tie it together and also eliminate some of the emptiness. And I think, you know, you look at some of these projects like that, like would that cost some money? It would. It would. But that's not an outrageous project as well. Like it's not twenty five million dollars. No, that's something you could do for a very cost effective amount. And if we're being real, like probably need a new video board. It, the old HD aspect of it's Dogzilla. SD. <laughs> Dogzilla is getting a little more dogs. Yeah. Us. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of you get a little age. So, yeah. You know, we could use the upgrade. It's as falling well. asleep up there. Yeah, so, you know, we we got all the answers. I, I can tell you that much. If you want to know how to make the Joe appealing, call me and your boy Lane. We'll, we'll, we'll certainly help you out. So, certainly been a good show tonight, of course. I'll have the podcast up here in a little bit. 
Uh, next week when we come in, I, I assume Beck will be back. If he's not, Lane will be. One of uh, us will be here. Yeah, you never know. Uh, I believe coming up in two weeks, National Signing Day on December the 18th, so that's two weeks from tomorrow, we will have a show on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Tuesday night we'll have your normal Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Wednesday we will have you with some in-depth signing day coverage. Um, of course, Louisiana Tech has 21 commitments to this point. The class ranks 52nd nationally, uh, number one in Conference USA. Um, not only will we try to talk to some of the signees, we will work to get on some of the high school coaches. Uh, we'll work to get on uh, some area recruiting analysts from around Louisiana and Texas. So we're going to really uh, take a deep dive on Wednesday night, December the 18th, and take a look at this La Tech recruiting class. Of course, you know, we've never done two shows and really covered it from a signing day perspective. So something new I wanted to try this year. I think of, it'd be pretty cool. A lot of content coming. Oh, so absolutely. If, if you can't catch it live, as always, we're up on Apple Podcasts, yep. Podbean. Yeah, you can right check it this, all check out. Check it out. Yeah. It. And, of course, with the recruiting, uh, had a big update this week. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. So, Louisiana Tech's making a pretty strong push to flip a couple of P5 commitments. So, be sure to join us, bleedtechblue.com. It's only nine ninety five a month. Certainly worth every penny, if I must say so myself. Would so, be worth more pennies, Yeah, I would even posit. Yeah, I would certainly agree with you. So, for Lane Davison, for our fantastic producer, John Tabor, we'll be back same place, same time next week. I'm Ben Carlisle. We'll see you. What? Listen for the first National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show every Tuesday at 6 p.m. with your host, Ben Carlisle. Also brought to you by O'Neill Gas, Brister's Smokehouse, Acme Glass, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, and Ideal Portable Buildings. Thanks for listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio on Sports Talk 97.7. Like the Yule Log? There we go. Whatever you celebrate this season, we celebrate it with you on Fox Sports Radio. The new era of WWE is underway. Friday nights on Fox. Each and every week, catch all the superstars, all the action. It's Friday Night SmackDown, live this week, only on Fox. Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Seen them dips and all his reindeers pulling on the rain. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. So hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. He's got a bag that's filled with toys for boys and girls again. The sounds of DJ Alex Teicher digging in the crates, the Christmas crates. I like it. All right. We're talking sports. Myself and Ephraim Salam and Farah Parker, the odd couple. And in sports, a top-notch organization has it all. They got a great front office, incredible personnel. It's no different when it comes to buying or selling your car. You need to have an MVP at every level. That's why you need to visit True Car. So when you're ready to discover, buy, or sell your next car, Make sure you check out True Car. All right, we threw it out to you. 
Is James Harden the greatest scorer since Michael Jordan? And can you win a championship with a guy averaging 39 points a game? Your turn to weigh in. 877-99 on Fox. Let's start with Tony in D.C. Tony, you're on with the odd couple. 